You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? It is Wednesday, August 18th. This is Locked on Hoosiers. I am your host, as always, Jacob Rude, thanking you guys for making this podcast part of your daily routine. We are one step closer to the start of the college football season. 17 days from now, Indiana will be kicking off against Iowa. It's starting to actually feel like football season. Speaking of, if you guys have any last-minute fantasy football questions you need answered, Before your drafts, don't miss Locked On Fantasy Live tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern streaming on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. Subscribe now so you don't miss it. Our stable of fantasy experts will answer your questions live, so submit them now to have a chance at having them answered. You can send them to at Locked On Network on Twitter. Another packed episode for you guys. Some Big basketball recruiting news. We haven't talked any basketball recruiting, uh, so we'll have a a big update there. And then a little less news overall today is we'll talk about what would make this IU football season a successful season. So spend the second and third segments today kind of looking at that and diving into that a bit. As always, you guys can subscribe to Locked on Hoosiers wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can follow me at Jacob Rude on Twitter. You can follow the show at LO underscore Hoosiers. We tweet out the show daily. I'm trying to make that account a little more active, interact with you guys a little bit more before the start of the college football season. As I said, we're going to lead today's show off with the big recruiting news. Now, I haven't dove too much into the upcoming, excuse me, high school basketball recruiting class. That's still a weak point for me. I kind of ignored it for a couple years and trying to get back into it um, is a little hard. But on Tuesday, Jalen Hood Shafino, who is a top 25 recruit, trimmed his list down to just two teams. Uh, IU, obviously one of them. That's why we're talking about him. And Tennessee being the other one. And his he is going to commit next week, next Tuesday, August 24th is when he'll be committing. Now, little background on Shafino, because as I said, I obviously had to look him up. Um, 247 Sports is kind of my go-to for recruiting rankings. He is a four-star prospect who is, as I said, number 24th nationally, considered a combo guard, uh, ranked third among combo guards. He's out of Florida, out of Montverde Academy, which is obviously a powerhouse academy. Um, his composite ranking, I don't know how much you guys pay attention to that. It's kind of a good barometer just to compare recruits across different years. Uh, it's 0.989, which to give you an idea of where that ranks, that's it. That was exactly Trace Jackson Davis's rank or rating. Um, it puts him on par with Tamar Bates, who we'll talk about here a bit. Uh, Jeremy Hollowell, a little bit of a throwback, Christian Watford. So some Pretty high-profile high recruits. Now, I didn't know a ton about him. Dustin Deporiak for the Indy Star now. Um, though gave a little bit of a breakdown on him. Um, I'm sure if he commits, we'll be getting a lot more information on him. His breakdown was that uh, Hood Shafino has a reputation as a multi-dimensional scorer 
who can handle point guard and shooting guard responsibilities, can defend positions one through three. He can score at all three levels and is a capable three-point shooter as well. Um, He is listed at 6'5", 210 pounds, so a little tall for, on the taller side, I should say, for a point guard. Shorter side, if you're considering playing him more as a small forward or as a three, as kind of mentioned, but stats are obviously hard to come by with high school's. Monteverde stats weren't available for his junior year. He averaged 15.6 points the year before that as a sophomore. I don't really put a whole lot of stats into um, these recruits. I covered enough high school basketball and high school sports to know you can't really put any kind of value into those types of things. But a very exciting development as... um, we talked a lot this week and last week about on-court stuff for IU football, or excuse me, IU basketball. This is things kind of down the line. This was the greatest area of concern I had for Mike Woodson. Coaching college or coaching basketball in general is more or less translates through any level. There's obviously some differences. Uh, whether it's pro, college, high school, Division One, Division Three, whatever it is, there there are obviously differences, but more or less, coaching is um, generally the same. You can adapt there. Recruiting is certainly not. That's not something you do in the pros. It's not something you do in high school. It's very obviously specific to college. It's very demanding, and that was the question I had for Mike Woodson, who's coming in for his first college coaching experience at 63 years old so far he has knocked it out of the park it has obviously been a pretty small sample size but every kind of recruiting type of test he's had put in front of him he's passed so far the biggest one was obviously getting trace jackson davis to return you're basically recruiting him to join your program uh and trace jackson davis admitted that he was for how I believe his word was like nine and a half toes out the door or something, something odd like that, a foot and four toes or something. He was gone, basically, and uh, Mike Woodson gets him back. Tamar Bates, we mentioned, who is a was a recruit of this caliber as Hood Shafino, gets him to come to IU. Uh, he already has two guys in this 2022 class that Hood Shafino is in, Caleb Banks and CJ Gunn, both three-star recruits has convinced both of them to be part of his program as well. So, so far, so good. Now, obviously, recruiting isn't everything, as we found out. Pretty interesting dichotomy between the last two IU uh, basketball coaches. Tom Crean, especially toward the latter part of his tenure, wasn't necessarily landing the big recruits but was really good at kind of finding the hidden gems. Uh, it always point back to Victor Oladipo and Will Sheehy in the same class being three-star recruits that he turned into uh, Oladipo, obviously a an elite player in college and an NBA player. Sheehy was a terrific player while at IU. The flip side to that is what Archie did, which was land a bunch of top players and basically do nothing with them to put it bluntly so recruiting doesn't mean everything but you have to be able to bring guys in to have success so that Mike Woodson so far has had this level of success is encouraging 
another reason to be optimistic about uh, IU basketball. We will obviously check back in with this next week when Hood Shafino makes his decision. If it's IU, we'll try to do much more of a breakdown on him and look at what he may bring to the table. Now, speaking of good vibes and optimism around programs, I want to talk about IU football and specifically what would make this upcoming season a success. So we'll jump into that in just a moment. With college football just around the corner, it's time to jump in to the action when it comes to betting, and there's no faster or easier way to do that than bet online. We're going to talk here in a moment about Indiana's over-under for their win total for the upcoming season. It's at 7.5, which is a very intriguing number. So if you want to feel optimistic, go jump in, bet on the over, head on over to Bet Online and get started today. Uh, you can get the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, whether it's college football, MLB, NBA, UFC, MMA, whatever it is. Uh, don't sit on the sidelines because this is your guys' chance to jump in and be a part of the action as your baseball teams get ready for the playoffs, as the college football teams get ready for the season. Head to the website and enter the code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So if that over-under figure intrigues you, head on over, sign up using the code Locked On, get a 50% welcome bonus today. Bet online, your online sportsbook expert. So we've talked a lot about this kind of weird place that Indiana football is in, being a team with expectations and a talented team this year. I have a guest lined up for later in the week, an old friend of mine who we'll obviously dive more into. Uh, it'll be on Friday's episode. But we're going to talk a lot then about kind of expectations when it comes to IU football, especially relative to their past. Before that conversation, I wanted to, to talk about what would be considered a successful year for IU football. So just trying to get kind of a baseline of what to predict a bet a good season is. Uh, when you look at bet online, I use over under on wins, as I mentioned in the last ad read, is 7.5, which is a very interesting number. First, relative to the rest of the Big Ten, uh, Ohio State's number is 11, Penn State's is 8.5, uh, and then Michigan's is 7.5. So it's not necessarily predicting where I use going to finish. That's not really how these odds work, but. More or less, I use right around at the third best team in the division uh, relative to the conference as a whole. Wisconsin is at 9.5 and Iowa's at 8.5. So you're looking around the sixth best team in fifth or sixth best, best team in the conference. The question is, if they exceed that mark, is eight wins a successful season? You can find a pretty easy path to eight wins just by checking off the four ranked teams. Say IU loses every game against teams currently ranked. That'd be Iowa on opening night. That'd be Cincinnati on week three. That'd be Penn State in week five. That'd be Ohio State at week eight. That's your four losses, but you get wins over Idaho and Western Kentucky, Michigan State, Maryland, Michigan, uh, Minnesota, Rucker, and you get the bucket back against Purdue at the end of the year. Is eight wins a successful season? Now, IU's only had eight wins in their program history seven times. That t that dates back to 1887. So when you look at it that way, like realistically, 
can we say that eight wins is not a successful season? Because there's only been one occurrence of a program having back-to-back eight-win seasons. That wouldn't technically happen this year, but mainly because of the COVID season and there only being eight games total last season. Uh, that one occurrence was 1987-88. Uh, they won eight games in both those seasons. What could happen this year is IU had eight wins in 2019, eight and five. They then had six and two, six wins last year, and then potentially eight wins this year. So a string of at least six wins in three consecutive seasons has only happened twice since 1887. Uh, 40, 1944, 45, 46, they had seven wins, nine wins, six wins. So a total of 22 wins. And, and then the other one includes that span previously mentioned. 86, they won six games. 88, or 87 and 88, they won eight games each. Again, 22 wins. If IU wins eight games this year, it's that same figure. It's 22 wins over a three-year period obviously the circumstances would be vastly different so would that be considered enough of a success because you're basically doing something that's only been done twice before and really the COVID season last year at six and two I mean you're looking at a season where you're probably based on where the Big Ten was you're certainly winning at least eight games um is that I mean if you play that over a 12 game season you're going you're winning nine games nine and three that certainly uh would be based off what we just read you're looking at one of the greatest back-to-back stretches ever and then you win eight games this year and it probably is the greatest three stretch three year stretch ever so is eight wins enough? Usually, yeah, I would say eight wins is enough. Um, for all the reasons we mentioned, I use the losingest program in college football history. If you look up all-time losses, go to your, if you're on your computer, um, if you're on your phone while you're listening, just type in all-time losses in CAA football. You go to that list, there's a Wikipedia article, sort by lost, and Indiana is first at 686, Northwestern second at 677. This is a program that's always been in futility. So it's, it's eight wins is a huge season for them. It's really hard to say that an eight-win season is not a successful season. That being said... I don't think eight wins would be a successful season for this IU football team. And I'll tell you why here in just a minute. Now, our next sponsor is responsible for one of my favorite types of things to happen in college sports. Walk-ons getting scholarships. I love those videos. Those are my kryptonite. They're always amazing. They always give me goosebumps. Whatever you want to say, they always get you emotional. Built Bar, for those that did not see, go look it up. They gave every walk-on at BYU a scholarship. It was a video at the end of last week, and even players that had scholarships, they gave money to them as well. Amazing, amazing moment that they captured on film. Just incredible generosity. And yet, that's not even what we're here talking about them for. 
They have nine delicious flavors. Uh, I should be getting my first shipment of them shortly, but we had a discussion with the other Locked On College Football hosts about what their favorite flavors were. I'm really looking forward to the double chocolate, the cookies and cream ones. Um, I'm a big fan of those. So when you talk to anybody that's had Built Bar, everybody has their favorite. There's honestly something for everyone. Coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, whatever it is. If you haven't tried any of the flavors, just get a mixed box. You'll get two of each of the nine flavors, and then you can figure out what your favorite will be. They're not only great tasting, they're healthy as well. You're looking at 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. So you're looking at nine amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy, most importantly. So go to BuiltBar.com, use a promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your first order. It's a great company to support. It's a incredibly tasty bar to buy so head on over there today builtbar.com promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off your order now i just gave a lot of statistical reasons in that last segment of why eight wins would be a successful season this year i don't believe that it would be a successful season i wouldn't be disappointed to say if they finish with eight wins though it depends on where those losses come we'll talk about that in a minute To me, this season has so much more hype around it that I'm not sure if they only win eight games, if it will feel like a season of success. They're obviously ranked in the preseason for the first time in almost 55 years. You have to go back to the late 60s to find the last time they were ranked in the preseason. And I keep hammering that home, but I I don't want that to just um, go passing by basically like this is a this is a just not normal for IU football you have a returning all-american in Taiwan Mullen you have the best quarterback in the conference potentially most likely a Michael Penix you have a top 25 defense you have all these accolades all big 10 wide receiver and Ty Freifogel there's so many names I don't even want to name all the accolades because I know I'll leave guys out and I don't even want to get to that but There's so much talent on this team. This arguably is the most talented team that IU's ever had. And I say arguably just because I don't know about some of those teams in the 80s, the 90s, even back in the 60s when they made the Rose Bowl. Not enough of a historian to know that. But you're on a very, very short list of teams that are going to have more talent than what this IU team has this year. So is eight wins enough for this group? I don't know that IU's ever going to have an opportunity like this again. With the way the divisions are right now, Indiana is always going to have the Ohio States, the Michigans, the Penn State, and Michigan State to play. More often than not, they're probably going to get Wisconsin or Iowa, almost certainly one of the two in their crossover game. And the way this schedule is set up this year, you're getting about as favorable of a schedule as you can get. You don't have Wisconsin, who appears to probably be the second best team in the conference. You And then all the good teams in your division are down right now. Michigan is down. Michigan State is way down. Penn State, a little less down. And we'll see. I don't know that they're going to be down at all this year. We will see. But IU, I mean, based on the rankings, I use the second best team in the division. Like, you can make a pretty strong case that they're the 
second or third best team in the whole conference. Does the second or third best team in the conference finish with eight wins in the Big Ten? It's I <laughs> that's hard to say. So it's also interesting to kind of look at the possibilities of the schedule and where those wins and losses might come if that changes whether we view this as a successful season. If you simply lose to all the ranked teams and you win the other games, you come home with the bucket, you come home with the brass platoon that you can't spit in this year, obviously because of COVID. Um, You beat Michigan a second time. You, as I said, you beat Purdue, you get the Oaken bucket back. Does that feel like a success? We've kind of cleared those hurdles last year. They certainly felt like a lot more of a success last year. Will they have that same kind of feel this year? Again, as someone who just preached, don't let these moments pass by. Anytime you can beat Michigan, it's going to feel good, I think. Anytime you beat Michigan State, it's going to feel good. Will it feel the same with how many, how much expectation this team has? If you lose three of the ranked games and you win one and you're upset elsewhere. So say that's your path to eight and four. You, as I said, you... Of the four ranked games, you lose three of them and win one, but then you get upset maybe to Rutgers or to Maryland. Does that change how you feel? Does it change based on who the ranked win is? If they lose at Iowa in opening week and then go seven and f- or eight and three the rest of the way, does that change anything? If they win against Cincinnati, a top ten team probably, how does that impact things? If they win at Happy Valley. That's a huge win. That's one of the biggest wins I use had in decades upon decades. Does that change anything? If they beat Ohio State, I joked with a friend, I I would be pleased with us going 1-11 and beating Ohio State this year. That's just how badly I want to beat them, just because that's just the last thing we haven't done. But say you go 8-4, and four, but you beat Ohio State, you lose the other ranked games, and you lose to, as I said, Maryland or Rutgers. I don't know who the worst team. Maybe you lose one of the non-conference games. Does that is it a successful season if you're eight and four with a win over Ohio State? What about how much does winning the Oaken Bucket matter? I know to a lot of people it wins a lot. Or excuse me, it means a lot. Freudian slip because we win it so much. It means a lot. How how bad of a record are you willing to have if you also win the oaken bucket is just making a bowl game enough i mean that's a whole different argument it seems like we're past the point where just making a bowl game is enough for iu football certainly this season it would not be enough if they finish six and six it is a disappointing season and there's a lot of questions to be asked it's an interesting debate to me as i said This is a season where so much has fallen Indiana's way coming into the season that I don't know if they come away with this with eight wins, if I'll, if I'll feel happy about it, it would have to, it would have to really depend on the circumstances. If they beat Ohio state and finish with eight wins, I'll be thrilled. If they beat Ohio state and Purdue, if they win every rivalry game, they have Michigan state, Ohio state, Purdue, they win eight games. They go to a bowl game. That'll be huge. I mean, we didn't even talk also about the fact that how much does winning the bowl game matter with it being a successful season? Because that's the obvious other monkey on the back of this program right now. 
maybe more so than any, is just winning a damn bowl game. So how much does that matter in this being a successful season? If they go 8-4 and four in the regular season, win the bowl game, finish 9-4, and four, is that a successful season? You'd be hard-pressed to call it not a successful season if they do that. Um, but like I said, there's so many expectations. This is a situation that I don't know is going to happen again. Michigan is going to come back. Michigan State is going to come back. Penn State may already be back. You're probably going to have Wisconsin on your schedule more often. To me, this is a situation where Indiana has to take advantage and eight and four would feel a bit like a disappointment. Beating Purdue and winning a bowl game would certainly help. There's a lot of ways this could fall to where it would help. The bottom line to me is you have to win more than eight games, which is a wild sentence to say because that's just not something IU has done. They just don't win more than eight games. We said it's only happened seven times. They've won eight games or more since 1887. That is kind of setting the bar for where success is for this for this team, for this program. Now, like I said, I'll have a special guest on on Thursday. or We'll record Thursday. He'll be on Friday. So we'll have a special guest on Friday. We're going to talk about this because he was the one who put up a poll this week that kind of got the gears turning to make me think of this and think of what would success for this IU team be. So we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about expectations, why this this preseason feels so weird for us. Uh, We'll have a lot to talk about. We'll preview IU football. We also, next week, hopefully, we'll have someone on to talk IU men's soccer. They kicked off their exhibition slate last night and didn't have it. All of their stars, couple injuries, some to worry about, some not to worry about. We may look a little bit at that, um, but it was an exhibition game and it was a 0-0 scoreline, so not a ton to talk about there. But we have some exciting shows lined up for the rest of this week and the next week. And guys, we are so close to it being a game day week, 17 days until the start of the season. I'm incredibly excited and I'm getting more and more excited the closer we get. That's all for today's show. Um, if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter at Jacob Rude for me at LO underscore Hoosiers for Locked on Hoosiers. Leave a rating and review, please, if you guys haven't already. Subscribe to the podcast. While you're there, head on over to Locked on Bets if you guys want to do some more betting we talked about today, whether it's over-unders, anything like that. Um, the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. We'll give you guys all the details you need, whether it's daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, or Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you guys get your podcasts. Thank you guys again for joining me today. Have a wonderful Wednesday and LEO.